Great big good morning. It's wonderful to have you joining me here. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. Welcome to all of you who are joining us in person, as well as welcome to everyone else who's joining us all across the country this morning, either live or archived. It's wonderful to have you here. And you know, we just have a great service ahead for you. One, one where we're going to talk about, you know, what is this Christian New Church thing? Like a lot of time you'll hear me talk about it. It's in our name, New Church Live. What is it all about, kind of from a, from a New Church 101 level? What are the basics? Because the basics are important. You know, the basics, what they do is they create the true north. They create the compass. All of our maps might be different. My map comes from Pittsburgh. Yours might come from any number of other places. Maps are different. Compasses, though, compasses are always the same. And they always point to true north. Now we're extremely lucky today, too, to be joined by students and some faculty from a new church school, the Academy of the New Church Secondary Schools. And what we're hoping to do is, is to share kind of New Church 101, like this big picture of what, what's about the new church, what is it all about? And then to look how that actually applies in action. Now I know with New Church Live, we have a lot of families with a Catholic background, so kind of think of it this way. Kind of think of like a Catholic church inviting in from students, some students from Villanova to talk about how it looks in their day-to-day -day life. It's going to be a wonderful service. And it's this, it's this idea, folks, of finding home. I, I love this quote about finding home. The quote is, the magic thing about home is that it feels good to leave, and it feels even better to come back. I like that. And I, I think as, as a parent of young adults, it feels even better when they leave, and it feels even better when they come back. You know, it's, it's, that's home, right? And, and home is just where it resonates, where we feel welcome, where we feel invited. So whether today you're showing up here or you're watching online and you've just had this week that you can't believe how bad it was, you are welcome here. May it feel like home. If you had a wonderful, amazing week, I just had a message from somebody this morning who just got engaged, May you feel that joy, may you find home here. If from wherever you are joining us, from Key West out to the Midwest, out to the Far West, may you find a home here. So welcome to New Church Live. It is wonderful to have you. As the musicians come out, we're going to have a beautiful, beautiful first song here. And we just ask you just simply to just enjoy the service and just enjoy this idea of, of homecoming. Because that's so much of, I think, what a really, really good church or synagogue or mosque practices. An art. A very special art. The art of homecoming. Welcome, folks. It is so good to have you here. Welcome to New Church Live. to my eyes and you see the crazy gypsy in my soul it always comes as a surprise when I feel my withered roots begin to grow well I never had a place that I could call my very own but that's alright my love cause you're my home 
touch my weary head and you tell me everything will be alright. You say, use my body for your bed and my love will keep you warm throughout the night. Well, I'll never be a stranger and I'll never be alone. I always feel like I'm a downer coming out of songs like that. It is such a beautiful song. And again, great big hello. Can we have a great big good morning from everyone? It is wonderful to have you here joining us. We have a wonderful service ahead. And again, today what I want to share with you is is sort of, yeah, what is this new church thing? I mean, it's kind of fun getting, getting emails from people and being able to share with them what the new church is all about, including being able to share it with people like George up in Maine this morning. And to be able to share what it is that that we believe Christ is asking of us. And more importantly, what is Christ trying to inspire us with? How's he trying to work on our hearts, inspiring us to to live the lives that I think we all would love to live at a very deep level? So so the basic starting point I want to come from is, is where does this faith come from? Well, we come from two places. You know, we come from the idea of the Bible, which we consider the word of God, and we we look at that and we, we read it as this, as this beautiful poem. Beautiful poetry. A beautiful poem that's constantly calling us home. That's constantly reminding us of, as, as famously said by Abraham Lincoln, the better angels of our nature. It is not under any circumstances 
under any circumstances, to be weaponized. To be used as a tool in terms of who's out and who's in, that's not it. It's about inspiring and committing us to a vision of a world that is kinder, gentler, more loving, more honest, more true. Now, part of how we fill that in are these, these set of books by Emanuel Swedenborg. Emanuel Swedenborg is to us what Martin Luther would be to a Lutheran. He's a theologian who, who wrote about this particular loving view of God, and, and his whole point was, we got to get back to what Christianity is really all about. Because he had seen it sort of moving towards, language we would use today, moving towards a club of the frozen chosen. And that's not it. It's not a club. It's a mission. It's a vision. It's a beautiful way to see the world. And when I was thinking for myself, what are, what are the parts that, that I really get excited about with being a, a Christian new church pastor? It, it, it's these things. I mean, just basic things. First off, it's a Christian faith. So we believe, like, well, we may not be quite sure what God says, like parts of the Old Testament are sort of hard to wrestle with, but we can always know what God did. And we can look at that through Christ and Christ's model of how to live our lives, and I'll be coming back to that in a minute. The second thing there, God, in, God so much wants to have a partnership with us. That's so key. I think there's a couple ways we could look at God. We could kind of look at God, you know, up in the clouds. God up there, us down here. In this big triangle, right? And some churches put all kinds of layers, including pastors, between God and the people. And we forget that a pyramid, historically, in the end, is a tomb. It's, it's nothing living there. God came down on earth, Jesus came down on earth to show us that mutual love. So we're much more about this kind of partnership. This kind of mutual love and partnership. Mutual love and partnership. Do you know what the word Emmanuel means? It means God with us. Not God against us, not God above us, not God way detached from us. It's God with us. I mean, that's the whole Christmas story, is God with us. And then this beautiful other part, goodwill and faith. Goodwill and faith. Folks, I, I can't, I don't think I could ever overemphasize the importance of goodwill in our particular theology, and I think it's true with all faiths, actually. We believe in this thing, a little aside, called the universal church, that idea that there is this church of one song, and your Jewish brothers and sisters could be in that same church that you are in, even if you're a diehard Christian. Like, it's all the same. We're all pointed the same direction. And part of that is towards goodwill. What that means, really simple. If you're mean, you're not getting it. <laughs> it's that simple. Like, we have to hold goodwill for other people. Now, does that mean that there are times where we have to sort of step back from other people because a relationship is toxic or harsh or abusive or dangerous? Absolutely. We can make that step back. But even in making that step back, we've got to make a step towards God, and that step is to always keep goodwill. Even for that person who drives you 
absolutely crazy. A big hint, next week we're looking at pet peeves. So if you want to join us next week, we'll be talking more about that. It's got to have that goodwill. It's Christmas, right? Proclamation of Christmas. Peace, shalom on earth. Goodwill to humanity. I mean, and if God's not bringing goodwill, I think we're worshiping the wrong God. We have to get back to that return to first. Yes, this is all about goodwill. And then what's the faith part? Well, the faith part is trust. This trust that God is holding things. This trust that there, there is one God and, and this God is everywhere and this God holds us and he holds us whether we're deeply broken or whether we're celebrating. He holds us in both. God is there too. Every morning at 8.30 a.m., we do a little Bible study on Facebook Live, on Nutrislife's Facebook page. It was one of the things I was talking about was, was sometimes that just that, that core level of faith, that may be all we have accessible at that moment. I mean, how many of us have had things happen in our lives that we simply can't make sense of? And you better all raise your hands. <laughs> you know, we've all had that, right? So how does faith show up there? Well, well, from a Christian New Church perspective, we roll in the Easter story, and it's like, yeah, even in those moments, God is there too. God's heart, always the first to break. And God joining us, whether our lives are in, a, are in an elevated place or in a really challenging place, life always, these three things, we say this a lot here at New Church Live, always blessed, always broken, always shared. So how do we live that out? Like, what is, what is the call here? You know, I said so much is about a vision and a call. And I'm going to ask us all to think about these. Flip the script and serve. Flip the script and serve. That, I think, is how we're to hold our lives, is, is we get a script and we get a, we get a way of seeing the world and, and that way uh, isn't always so great. I was working with, with, work with folks all the time, and I was working with a group last week, and I said, yeah, one of our biggest problems is our commentary. Right? Like, we have life, and then we have all the commentary on life. And it's why two people sitting side by side in a room or going to a restaurant can have two very different experiences. Not because the experience is actually any different. It's just that their commentary, their commentary is totally different. Flip the script and serve. Now that's, I think, what Jesus is constantly asking us to do. This is Rembrandt's beautiful, beautiful portrait of Jesus. Jesus is constantly saying, like, you've heard it said, but I say. You thought it was this, I'd ask you to think of it like this. That's the third way. It's beyond these polarities of it's just this or it's just this. It's my opinion or it's your opinion, and it's a zero-sum game between the two. Jesus' way, the way. I mean, folks, like, this is beautiful to me. I mean, just beautiful to me. That's what Christianity was originally called. Did you know that? It wasn't called Christianity. It wasn't divided into a million different denominations. It was simply called the way. 
Because this was about living this third way. It wasn't this, it wasn't this, it was a third way. And it was a third way to quote the Bible here where we were to move from a, from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Now with that, folks, that means that, that we have to get rid of the stuff that's in the way, that commentary, as well as the actions that come out of that really negative commentary. So, so how would that look? Well, just imagine, I'm talking to the adults here as a parent of, of somebody. We have, we have five kids. Our last is, is going to be soonly leaving teenagerhooddom. And, and I'd ask you to think, right? Like, think about driving on 95, and here's your beloved teenage child right beside you. And what you've got in your ears, you've got figurative earbuds, not literal earbuds, and that's a hand, anybody with earbuds, make sure you take them out. You know, you got earbuds in, and those, those earbuds, figuratively, they're talking about all the stresses of work. They're talking about the problems of the day. They're talking about the eagles. They're talking about the challenges in your relationships. They're chattering about the traffic. They're trying to get you to judge that person who just cut you off as you come to the exit into Center City, that person who just cut you off. They will get you to make all kinds of commentary about that person. This person who we don't even know. We have no clue what's going on in their life. But we have a right to commentary. Isn't that interesting, right? Repentance. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Do you know what the word repentance means? I know our congregation, we talk about this all the time, but probably some of you don't know. The word repentance means to change your mind. It means to change your mind. It means that there's ways we're looking at it, and Jesus is saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, look, change the way you're thinking. Take out those earbuds. Because, folks, if we're sitting in a place, in a car, and all that, all that garbage is just being turned over and over and over again in our heart, and here's this beloved child who you're stuck with for an hour now in a car, what an opportunity that is for connection. But as long as we're sitting in the chatter, we won't make the connection. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, get rid of that, and all of a sudden, other good stuff can happen. And here's the beautiful part from, from, from new church perspective, is, is the good stuff's the default. The good stuff is the way the world's made. God created the world, and every bit of it, he said, good, and then he said, well, in case you didn't get how much I mean this, he said, very good. So that's the default. Our job is to get rid of that commentary and the actions that come out of that commentary. I want to be clear about that. Because sometimes we can all do things that hurt other people. And I'd ask you to think, maybe it's coming from the wrong voice. Can we get rid of that voice? That's our work. Because God say, hey, I got all the good stuff handled. Can you just live there, and as best you can, 
just try to serve and allow me to gently work through your heart in serving other people. Now, what does that mean, folks? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, this beautiful quote, it means that the gate of heaven is everywhere. The gate of heaven's all over. You can see it all over the place. And what, what beauty that is. You know, I'm going to give you a little story, and I'm going to give you a call. It's a story I shared years ago at New Church Live, and it was truly a stunning one for me, just about repenting, rethinking. I was grabbing a cup of coffee. It was a place I often go for coffee, and this, this guy is sitting right behind me, usually sits behind me. This guy looked like a grouch. He had a big tattoo on his head, figuratively, in my mind, stay away from me. He was grouchy, his countenance was grouchy, the whole thing. So I happened to have a meeting, and I'm sitting seated at this meeting, I'm talking with a friend, I love highlighters. When I have a meeting, I love to highlight stuff. It's a little like I went down to the post office and saw her stamping things, do not bend, I thought, that's fun to do, highlighting's that for me. I love highlighting stuff. But I didn't have my highlighter, so that's like tragedy in my mind. So I'm complaining to my friend about, oh, I forgot my highlighter, I want to be highlighting this. The guy quietly gets up, goes out to his car, comes back without saying a word, plunks a highlighter right down in front of me. See, folks, the gate of heaven is everywhere. It's everywhere. I can feel that heaven there. And that's indeed a beautiful thing. So I want to give you guys a call here as the kids start to move on up. One of the calls for finding the gate of heaven everywhere is how do we flip the script and serve? How do we flip the script and serve? Well, one way to flip the script and serve is to serve. Here's an example here from the Breathing Room Foundation. Now, we have these out here. Here's an idea for you with the Breathing Room Foundation. Now, this is a wonderful nonprofit, local, but when you're watching online, you can participate too. They're looking for Valentine's Day packages for kids and families who are struggling. So if you're interested in that, what you can do is you can go ahead, take this flyer, figure out what you and your family would love to do, and then go ahead and get involved with the Breathing Room Foundation. Scooch around you here. Now, folks, just imagine this, right? We think about love in, in certain ways, and imagine it's just, it's just been a strain recently, a strain in your household. Imagine going home and, like, kids... We're making Valentine's Day projects. We're busting out the glue, the hearts, the candy, everything. And we're going to do it for the Breathing Room Foundation for families who are in need. This kind of thing, folks, is where faith lives. This is the whole point. Not a theological argument, not a debate, but a simple concept that religion is of life. And that the very life of religion very life of it, the soul of it, is to do what's good. And with that, I want to introduce our wonderful choir here. Please give them a warm round of applause for these students from the Academy of the New Church.
Good morning, New Church Live. Um, it's Angela here, and I just wanted to encourage you all to consider setting up a reoccurring donation to support New Church Live. We are so uh, appreciative of the generosity of this congregation and all the ways you show up and support us. And one of the best ways to do that is to set up a reoccurring donation and to make small incremental donations throughout the year um, to have a big impact. So the best way to do that is the same way to donate uh, one-time donations. You can use the QR code below um, and it'll take you to our donate page. You can go to our website, www.newchurchlive.tv and there's a donate tab or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. And all of those places, there's an option to set up a reoccurring donation and you can set it up at any frequency you want for any dollar amount you want. Um, and it's just a great way to provide sustaining support throughout the year to support all the operations and all the things that happen here at New Church Live. So you, we will hope you'll consider making that donation, setting up that reoccurring donation. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd be happy to help you um, in any way to set that up. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, Angela. So as we look at that, folks, you know, it's important to, to just get, you know, that, that from a Christian New Church perspective, we share this with many faiths, that the faith is not like this intellectual construct. I mean, that's part of it, right? Like, ideas are good things. Words become worlds. And we also want to put them into action. And that idea, right, that, that what, is, what does God ask us to think about? He doesn't ask us to think in, in living the Christian message about a transactional love. It's, it's not about a love, per se, that is, that is switching around, that's somehow making, uh, trying to change God's view about humanity is trying to change, Jesus was here to change humanity's view about God. It's a God that's all about this beautiful power of transformative love. I remember years ago, I, you know, I was at a bookstore. I love reading with a highlighter. I, and uh, I was reading this book, and it was this book from the 40s. It was like 100 Greatest Sermons Preached of All Time. So I'm looking through the book, and, and I hear this reference to the new church and to Swedenborg. And, and it was written by the guy who was actually the founder of the Unitarian Universalist Church. We may have some UUs as they're called in the biz here today. Who knows? And I was reading through this sermon, and this guy said, yeah, this new church, like, it's beautiful because they believe even your job is holy. And I'm thinking, yeah, we do. Even your job, even your job is a way to practice that transformative love. So we practice it in our relationships. We practice it as well in our families. In our relationships, in our families. We practice it as well where we work, play, where we study. We practice it in all those different pieces. And we practice it, very importantly, we practice it in community. And again, this day and age is, is different. You know, community looks very different. It, it's, it's much more diverse. Again, we have people from all over the country who are joining us. And it's still community. And it's still a way to practice, to practice transformative love. How does God speak to us? He speaks to us in the opportunities he places before us. And there's always those opportunities. 
including opportunities of how to live it in schools, in our educational institutions. So with that, I would like to welcome to the stage my dear friend, please welcome him with a warm round of applause, Reverend Barry Alderman. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be on the stage talking to you. And uh, I am Barry Halterman, as Chuck said, and I am the chaplain and religion department head at the Academy of the New Church, a new church high school uh, on whose campus we are right now. And it's my job to just make sure we are following our spiritual mission. Um, the Academy of the New Church is a great independent school. We do everything that any independent school does. We study the subjects everybody else does. But we do one thing a little bit more, and that is we bring spirituality into what we do. We have faith as part of our education. It doesn't dominate what we do. Like I said, we'll study science as science, history as history. But, but what we can do is we make sure that we talk about spiritual subjects and we can bring that perspective into everything we do. It's part of the conversation. I like to think that we're not just spiritual beings on Sunday morning for one hour or whenever it is we worship. I mean, you're a spiritual person each and every day, each and every moment. And as Pastor Chuck said, I mean, you got to be spiritual in your job, meaning you got to get that perspective, that higher perspective, and bring it, have it show up in where you are. So I'm going to have a couple of uh, students and alumni come up and, and tell you a little bit about some of their experience there, if you guys could come up now. A couple of ideas I wanted to talk about as they come up, and that is, a, a, as Pastor Chuck said, it's about a Christian faith that is fully Christian and at the same time is looking to connect with the uh, universal teachings around the world. We are also interested in a partnership. We do that with us as a school, you as parents and in the home. And above all, we want to partner with our creator and with each other. And that does show up as mutual love and kindness to each other. And it shows up as a school that wants to promote the, the mission of faith. Find a faith, get a better faith, think about faith, bring that into what you do. And there's a couple of passages I wanted to emphasize that come from uh, the Bible, from some New, Church, New Testament passages, if you could call those on the screen. And it relates to what uh, Pastor Chuck was saying about finding the kingdom of God everywhere. And in that story, uh, one of the stories, people were asking Jesus, you know, when is the kingdom of God coming? They're expecting Jesus to do it for them, him to create it. And what he says is, well, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. You can't say there it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within. And it's a fascinating way of looking at the world, a little different perspective. We don't have to wait for God to do stuff. We actually have the kingdom of God with us right now. So what we really need to be looking for is God working in us, with us, and through us, through our actions. We're the ones who actually create the kingdom of God. Sure, it comes from the Lord, it comes from his power in us, but we have to create it. He didn't just bring it about when he was on earth. He showed us how to bring it about. He showed us the kind of people we need to be. So that's a perspective that I hope that we can you know, bring into what we do, a new church perspective, I call it a new church Christian perspective, is that you're part of the kingdom. You gotta build that kingdom. So we try to build that kind of community in a school where we are partnering with each other, where we are you know, seeking mutual love and kindness, and we're trying to build a space where you, it feels like home, where you feel safe to try things and be more yourself and explore. And another thing that goes with that, another concept that comes up, Jesus was saying that, uh, the lamp of the body is the eye. If the eye is good, then everything's good. But if the eye is bad, then everything's bad. And he's talking about a perspective you take. 
And uh, that shows up in new church education at the academy with the idea that, you know, what are you looking at? What do you see? And if you start to see things a little bit more through the Lord's eyes, through God's eyes, you start to see other people as having the kingdom of them, start to see yourself as someone who brings that kingdom into this world, it just kind of changes your whole attitude to how you view things. And bringing a spiritual perspective into your school doesn't mean, again, that it's telling you not to study the subjects like everybody else does. It's saying, well, we need to bring this in too. We need to have this be part of the conversation. So those are some key ideas about what, what we try to do with what Pastor Chuck was saying about how to bring this spirituality and this perspective into education. Um, so I have uh, some people up here that are going to tell you who they are, and then we're going to talk a little bit about just, you know, how do some of these things show up in their life at school and beyond. So you want to just introduce yourself briefly first? Hello, everyone. I'm Paige Swarzynski. I'm a junior, and I'm a part of our school's student government. I'm Angelise, I'm a senior, and I happen to be president of the school student government. Hello, everybody. My name is Evans. Uh, graduated in 2014, um, doing some admissions work with the school. Excellent. So as I was saying, one of the things I like to, to feel like we're, what we're trying to do is build a community where people feel safe to explore themselves, their ideas, and really explore their spiritual side and how to bring that into the world. So I was just hoping you might share with the people out there some of the things that how this has made a difference to you and how you just kind of look at the world a little different and how you, what you bring, how you bring that kingdom into your life. Those new church teachings that you have taught me and other ministers at our school have shaped me into the person I am today. I've learned how to love wholeheartedly and serve my neighbor, serve my community, and be confident in my abilities as a person. And the teaching that I follow every day is love your neighbor as yourself. And by following this teaching, I have made friends that will be friends for life. And the teachers at the school have been great to me and it's been a great experience at ANC. Adding on to what Paige said about loving your neighbor, it shows really how much people at ANC love their neighbor because there are so many great ways to get involved with the community service because Paige and I have done so much with the community service club and just helping out throughout school and everyone is so kind and great teachings from the ministers and the teachers shows you how much they care and right now I'm in human anatomy and there's so many times when we'll be talking about the actual body of someone and we'll be talking about how spiritually it connects to like your soul and your spirituality which is really cool. Well, uh, I have a little bit of a unique experience because I transferred into the school um, from St. Benedict's Prep. It was a Catholic school. Um, and I remember harassing my religion teachers there um, with very tough questions that they were kind of unwilling to answer. Um, the experience changed here because those kind of like repugnant questions or like extremely difficult questions were kind of welcomed. Um, and they were welcomed in every class, English, human anatomy, um, wherever it kind of applied. Um, and I think that was big for me because there were a ton of questions um, on like what is heaven like, things like that, um, that other, other, well, at St. Benedict's, they would kind of just avoid, you know, things you had to just accept on faith. And that was kind of like the, the answer where here um, people actually try to tackle these things and help reason it out. So um, I think that, that that's unique uh, to my experience. Great. And you had something else I'm just going to come back to. You said you were talking about somehow the way you've used it in the, you've been part of the Navy and you wanted to use it there a little bit. Here, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm a um, grad student at TCNJ. 
studying applied math, and I'm training to go um, into the Navy. Um, so I've been reading uh, some of the stuff other SEALs have written. Um, and one thing in particular um, is how they say, like, when you reach, like, challenging moments, you don't rise to the level of the challenge. You fall to the level of your preparation. Um, so with that, um, high school preparing you for college and for life, um, I think it is important to have a strong foundation spiritually um, and materially. Um, and kind of getting that experience here uh, before going off to school was really important for me. Um, as with all things, like different challenges and things come up, um, and how you address those things is you, you fall to the level of your preparation. Um, and if you don't have a solid foundation um, to really stand on, um, regardless of what it is, um, <laughs> it, it could be very hard. Um, but when those challenges came up for me, um, like as dark as like things got, I always had a solid foundation um, to kind of pull on um, and stand on. Thank you, Evans. And thank you, Angelise and Paige. So just to wrap this up, the themes that they mention is you got to have that kingdom of God show up in you, that kingdom of love of the neighbor and kindness. And how do you bring that into your world? And that's one of the things we really like to emphasize at the academy is how does, that, how does this show up in your life? How do you be part of the kingdom? How does it change your perspective? And how do we build this community that we learn here, that foundation that Evans was talking about? How can we take that with us into our lives? So... I thank you all for listening to us and for our example here. And now Pastor Chuck will take it over to bring this thing home. Bring it home. Give bring them another it round home. of applause, folks, please. These folks were terrific. Thank you, guys. So, you know, it was, it was beautiful hearing, hearing what, what they said. And, and you know, I, I think about life, right? We live in a world, and... Do I have permission to rant for a minute here? All right, I'm going to rant for a minute. We live in a world where everything is all about comfort and convenience. That's crazy. Is life always comfortable, yes or no? No. Is everything always convenient, yes or no? I think we grow mostly from what is actually uncomfortable and inconvenient. I think that. I think that's where God is calling us. It's not calling us like this scolding, austere way. It's calling us with this, with this vision of transformative love, like useful service, like let's go out, let's do something. Let's, let's make the world somehow different. And it's not about changing the world. I mean, heaven forbid any church thinks they can change the world. But what we can do is we can serve. We can serve from hearts, made soft. We can serve with the best of our intellects that help us to know how to take that love, that agape love, and to move it out there into the world. In a spirit that asks, how can I serve here? Not how can I, with all my ideas, fix this, but the humility to say, how can I serve here? And what's the transition we see? Well, well, we see the world flip then from just being all about comfort and convenience. Flipping to this. And what's that flip, comfort and convenience? It's the flip from comfort and convenience to meaning. To meaning. And the more we live into that meaning of life, that deep, rich meaning, why are you here? 
Why are we here? The more we live into that deep and rich meaning, the more responsibility we take for our fellow human beings. And the more responsibility we take to serve our fellow human beings, the more we find a life of meaning. Amen. I mean, that's, that's the Christian New Church message right there, shared with many other faiths. Think about joining us in that. Think about joining us in that. Think about being part of what we do. Because I, I think this really matters. I think a lot of people, I mean, very few, I meet very few people who go around saying, I love how divided we are right now. <laughs> Said no one ever. Can we speak honestly, right? And at the same time, can we keep on calling to what we talked about last week, that beloved community, the transformative love, that third way, spoken up so eloquently and lived even better by Jesus. Church, synagogues, mosques, etc., at their best. Schools, from any number of the Quaker schools or Catholic schools or new church schools or any kind of school that's trying to do it well, should always maybe feel a bit like this, should always feel in some way like it's finding home. Finding home. That deep finding of home where we can see what God is actually trying to do in our lives. And, and it's that idea of an embrace that idea of a welcome, can we live that? Finding home there. So with that, folks, I want to thank you so much for sharing this hour with us here at New Church Live. It's been absolutely honored to share this with you. We do have some other things coming up. I'd love a chance to meet you out in the lobby. And as well, for students, for parents who are interested in hearing more about ANC, there's a free lunch literally just across the way over at the dining hall, which you're more than welcome to join them over there. And with that, folks, just again, filled with gratitude, thank you for joining us here today. And let's go out of today just trying to do this, <laughs> just trying to do it a little bit better. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is I'm going to offer a prayer. Then we're going to hear the Lord's Prayer. Then you'll have a moment for silent meditation. And then we have an incredibly beautiful song that you are welcome to sing along with at the end of our service here today. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for bringing us together. For bringing us together. For bringing us together. Help us to live that, Lord. Help us to find ways to take the faith that you have implanted on our heart, to see faith as the eye of love, and to live it deeply. To live it with great meaning, a meaning that actually stirs in our heart even more responsibility for our fellow human beings. Lord, thank you, first off, for these amazing students who offered their gift of song. Thank you, Lord, as well, for these wonderful panelists who offered their insights, those true north comments, those compass points 
of loving the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. Help us to navigate there, Lord. And Lord, help us as well to find home. To find home. Not home that's about moving somewhere else or being someone else, but, but a home, Lord, that is in our souls and our hearts, that is who we were created from all time to be in your creation, in your way, in your will. And as always, Lord, stir our hearts with deep gratitude. Deep gratitude that we join together on Sundays, finding the answers to life in this rhythm. Coming back to first things first. Coming back to music and song. Coming back to you. Coming back to our truest selves. Thank you for that, Lord. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And a final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.